Man, it's so good to know that we belong to him, that he cares about everything we go through because we're his kids and he loves you. He cares about every detail of your life and he wants to speak to you in the next few moments. I believe with all my heart that God chose this moment and he planned that you would be here in this moment, on this day, before he created the foundations of the earth. And he planned that he would meet you here in a divine appointment. And God is here to meet with you, whether you're worshiping with us online, whether you're here in the Woodlands or at Tascacita campus, or watching through our broadcast ministry, I want you to know, God planned before he created the world that you would be here at this moment to hear his word. And he's here to meet you in a divine appointment that can change your destiny. Do you believe that, Woodlands Church? Are you ready to hear the word of God? Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you that you love us. And I thank you, Lord, that you do know everything that we're going through. You know the pain and the hurt. You know the joys. And you care about everything that we go through. There's no problem so big that you can't handle it, and there's no problem in our lives so small that you don't care about it. And I just pray for the next few moments that you would speak through me, Lord, your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you're gonna change lives, including mine. Thank you, Lord, that you've met us here in this divine appointment, and I pray that you would change our destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. We're concluding this mini-series rivers in the desert as we're looking at how God wants to bring his river of blessing to you right in the middle of life's problems and pressures. And it's based on the passage in Psalm 126.4, restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Now the Negev is a desert in southern Israel that's really vast and it's mentioned several times in the Bible. And the word Negev just means dry place. And Chris and I had the opportunity to visit the Negev last month, and I can tell you, it is a really dry place and a really windy place. Here's Chris in the Negev. You know, maybe today you find yourself in the middle of the desert of life. Uh, You just feel worn out by the overwhelming problems that have left your soul depleted. You just feel empty on the inside. And maybe you feel like your joy is drying up, or your hope is starting to die and you'll never make it out of the desert that you're in right now. Well, I've got good news from God's word for you today. God says he wants to bring his river of life right into the dying and desolate places in our souls. Just like the rivers that flow in the Negev after a rain that bring everything that was dormant back to life again, God wants to bring you back to life again. God wants to bring your hope to life again. God wants to bring your joy back to life. God wants to bring his river of life and river of blessing and change your desert into an oasis of blessing. And so we're gonna look at this river of life today. So open your Bibles to Isaiah 43, and I want you to stand in honor of God's word. I just love this promise because this was a promise given to the people of Israel, but it's also given to us. Do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to the things of old. Look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. You can be seated. There it is again, rivers 
in the desert. Now, God gave this promise to the people of Israel when they were in captivity in Babylon. But God says to them, I'm getting ready to do something new and miraculous for you. I'm gonna take you out of the desert that you've been in Babylon in captivity for years, and I'm gonna bring you back home. I'm going to do something powerful in your life that may look impossible to you because the people of Israel felt there was no way this was possible. But God said, I'm already making a way. Nothing is impossible with me. And the people of Israel also knew that where they were going back home to, Jerusalem, was a desolate place. It had been destroyed and been deserted for years. But God says, oh, don't worry about that because I'm gonna bring a river of healing and restoration to you and give you everything you need to restore Jerusalem. It was really a twofold promise. God said, I'm gonna bring you out of the desert of your past and I'm gonna change the desert of your future into an oasis of blessing. I'm gonna change your past, I'm gonna change your future, I'm gonna change your destiny. And God wants to rescue you out of a river or a desert of death and bring his river of life to bring you back to life again. God wants to rescue you out of the desert you're in right now and he wants to change your destiny. But I want us to see this process that God had to take the people of Israel through to get them to the river of blessing and it's the same process and journey that we have to go through to find the river of life in our lives. So let's look at it. The first stage is what I call the drought of delay. See, earlier God promised the Israelites that he was gonna deliver them out of the desert in Babylon they'd been in for years, but he had told them this before it had been a long time. In fact, he told them right away that he was gonna deliver them, but he said, not yet. Not yet. I'm gonna deliver you, but not yet. First, you've gotta go through this season of waiting. You've gotta go through this drought of delay. Now, there were some false prophets who were telling the people of Israel, we just got here to Babylon, we're in captivity, you, you know, we're gonna be made slaves of these people, but don't unpack your bags because God is gonna deliver us and he's gonna bring us right back to Jerusalem right away. And so don't even unpack your bags because God's gonna take care of us, but God said, yes, I'm gonna deliver you from this desert in Babylon, I'm gonna bring you back home but not yet. There's gonna be a time of waiting. And the Israelites went through the drought of delay for years. And we hate to wait on God, don't we? You know, it feels like the drought sometimes is gonna last forever, that the drought will never end and that God has forgotten us. But I want you to look at this promise in Habakkuk 2.3. This is for somebody today. I, I just know this is for someone today. I don't know who you are, but you need this, God says this to you. These things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient, they will not be overdue a single day. They will not be overdue a single day. God's timing is always perfect. God is never too late, God is never too early. He's always on time. The problem is, God's timing is not our timing. And sometimes we don't understand God's timing and why he brings us through this drought of delay where it feels like the reign of his blessings will never happen again in our lives. 
And that's why he says in this passage, don't despair. If it seems slow to you, if it seems like I'm not on time, just be patient, I'll be right on time. This vision will be fulfilled, this promise will be fulfilled just at the right time in your life. But it's in that time of waiting that God builds our character. It's in the delays that God really builds our character to match our calling. It's in the time of waiting that God prepares us for a new purpose in life, that God prepares us for a new position in life and a new level in life. You see, it's in the drought of delay that God prepares us for the downpour of his blessings. If we never went through the drought of delay, we wouldn't be prepared for God's blessings that are coming our way. We wouldn't be able to handle them Maybe we would miss them, we wouldn't see them when they came, but it's in this drought of delay that God prepares us for the downpour of blessings that's on the way. And if he didn't bring you through this time of waiting, then you wouldn't be able to catch the blessings that are coming because God is preparing your character to match your calling. He's positioning you for a new purpose. Did you know in the Negev Desert, people have lived there for thousands of years. Somehow they live in that dry place, but what they would do is build cisterns. They would dig deep into the rock, these cisterns, because they knew the rain was coming, and there are all these cisterns still in the Negev Desert built thousands of years ago. And they were ready when the rain came. And so when the downpours would come, all this water would collect in the cisterns. They would have enough water to feed their animals and to water their crops and, and they wouldn't go thirsty, but they had to build the cisterns to prepare for the rain that was coming. And that's what the drought of delay does. We build those cisterns in our character, God does. God begins to chip away those things in our life that shouldn't be there, they don't look like Jesus and he prepares us to catch the downpour of his blessings that are on the way. You know, Abraham went through the drought of delay. God told him he'd be the father of a great nation, and yet he and his wife Sarah were unable to have children. For years and years, they went through this delay. And God said, Abraham, you're gonna be the father of a great nation. And yet, he didn't even have one son. They went through years of waiting and it looked like God would never fulfill his promise. But what did Abraham do in this drought of delay? In Romans 4.20 it says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Abraham clung to God's promise when he had nothing else to hold on to. All he had was God's promise. He said, you know what? It looks like this is impossible. It is humanly impossible. But I'm gonna hold on to that promise, God, because you're the God of the impossible and nothing is impossible with you. You see, faith is not denying reality. It's just saying that God is true reality. Faith is not denying your problems. It's just saying God is greater than my problems. Faith is not denying you're in the desert. Faith is not denying that you're in a drought Faith is just expecting the downpour to come. And Abraham was saying, I know I'm in the drought of delay right now, but I know, God, you're gonna bring a downpour of blessing and you're gonna fulfill your promise to me. Well, then this drought of delay and the time of waiting 
then goes right into the dust storm of doubt. It seems like that's always the progression. God leads us into this drought of delay and we feel like it will never rain again in our lives. And then it moves into the dust storm of doubt where all these doubts start kicking up and swirling around in our mind. And we begin to doubt that God really knows where we are. We begin to doubt that God really cares. We begin to doubt that God is anywhere around. And in that doubt, we can't see what God is up to. You see, the drought turns into doubt and there's zero visibility and we can't see what God is doing. We can't see that God is working in our lives and we begin to doubt him. A few years ago, our family went on a a vacation, I guess you could call it, on a raft trip on the Colorado River down the Grand Canyon. It was an eight-day trip, and we went all the way through the Grand Canyon. And it was pretty spectacular, but I have to say that it was in the middle of the summer, and it was really hot. It was about 100 degrees during the day. And as we rafted, the water was really cold, and so the water would splash up and cool you down, and that was nice during the days. And on that first day of rafting, I thought, this is unbelievable. This is so amazing. A once in a lifetime experience, it's only gonna last eight days. I wish we could stay for another week. We were having so much fun and then we parked our rafts on a beach there in the Grand Canyon as it started to get dark and we all excitedly set up our tents and then we got into the tents into our sleeping bags, and fortunately it was 100 degrees during the day, but then it would cool down at night to about 99 degrees. I mean, after about 30 minutes, we all woke up, or we never went to sleep, we were all just in a pool of sweat in our sleeping bags, and every one of us came outside our tent and go, what are we gonna do? We pulled our sleeping bags out of the tent, and we slept outside, and we never put those tents up again in all those eight days. We just laid outside trying to get a little cooler, and it was a little better outside, but not much better because in the Grand Canyon in the middle of the summer, this dry, hot air just blows through the canyon, whipping through the canyon all through the night. It was sort of like someone holding a blow dryer on the hottest, highest setting, about a foot in front of your face all night long. That's what it felt like. I just want you to get a feeling for what I was going through. My son Ryan said that it felt like his golden retriever was breathing in his face all night long. And I said, yeah, it's exactly what it was like. And then the sand would just blow and the dust would blow and you would wake up in the morning and sand would be stuck to your lips and in your mouth and in your eyes and all in your clothes. And on that first morning, after I woke up from that miserable night, there were only two thoughts going through my mind. Number one, we paid money to go through this. And number two, this is just day one. I have seven more days. How in the world am I ever gonna get through this? I wonder if they can helicopter us out. How much does it cost? I mean, I was desperate. And by the way, If you ever find out you have eight days to live, go on that trip. It won't help you live longer, but it'll be the longest eight days of your life. (laughs) And that's kind of the way it feels when we're going through that drought of delay. We wonder, am I ever gonna make it through? 
And we begin to doubt God and his promise, but there's always a time between the promise and the promise fulfilled. But it's when the dust of doubt starts to creep in and it just kind of takes over everything in your life, takes over your mind and your heart and your soul and we let those doubts creep in. It's when you start asking those questions like, God, am I ever going to graduate? God, am I ever gonna get married? Are we ever gonna have children? God, am I ever gonna get through this problem? And God, am I ever going to get over this hurt? God, am I ever going to make it through this grief? Am I ever gonna get over this unbearable loss? Because it feels like the drought will last forever and the doubt creeps in. When we can't see what God is up to though, God's river of life is still coming. When it looks like the river of life is nowhere in sight, I want you just to remember Isaiah 43, 19. And by the way, when you're going through this bout with doubt, you're going through this desert of delay, God says, bring me your questions, bring me your doubts, bring me your fears, bring me all your anger and frustrations, I can handle it. Just bring it all to me and I'll be there for you. In Isaiah 43, 19, let's look at it again. God said, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God is saying, just because it looks to you like I'm not doing anything in your life right now doesn't mean I'm not working. In fact, I'm already doing something new and powerful in your life right now. And just because you can't see it doesn't mean I'm not working in your life. I'm already making a way. The rivers of blessing are getting ready to spring up in your life. The river of life is getting ready to spring up and bring you back to life. You see, just because I can't see God working in my life during the waiting times of life doesn't mean that he's not working. He's already working to make a way for you. And someone needed that today. It feels like God is nowhere around and the river of life is nowhere in sight, but that river of life is getting ready to break through right into your life. God's working. He's already making a way where it looks like there's no way. Many times though, God will lead us through the delay and the doubt and right to the desert of dead end. It's kind of the process that God takes us through. We go through that drought, that delay, and then we hit a dead end. It's when you come to the place where you know the problem you're facing, you can't fix it. You can't change it. You can't get over it, you can't get around it. But with God, a dead end is never the end. It's just the place that he brings us to right before he delivers us. And God will lead you to the wilderness of no way, where you see no way out of the desert where you see no way to fix this problem, no way to change that circumstance, no way to make it out of the wilderness that you're in right now. He'll bring you right to that place where you gotta face, you're at a dead end. You've tried everything and nothing has worked and there's no way out. You're at a dead end. It's the wilderness of no way. Abraham and Sarah experienced this wilderness of no way you see, God told Abraham, you're gonna be the father of a great nation, but Abraham was 100 years old, his wife Sarah was 90, and they still hadn't had a child. And I'm sure Abraham was looking at his body going, no way. 
And he looked at Sarah and said, devil, no way. I don't think this is gonna happen, God. Talk about the wilderness of no way. In the wilderness of no way is where God does his greatest miracles. And many times God leads us to a dead end so he can bring us to a place of desperation. Because when we come to a place of desperation in the desert, that's where we turn to God and we experience his greatest miracles. It usually takes the wilderness of no way so God can bring us to the end of our way so that we surrender to God's way and he can make a way in the wilderness for us. It almost always takes the desert of dead end to bring us to the end of ourselves so that we'll turn to God. And some of you are at a dead end right now. You're in the wilderness of no way where it feels like there's no way out. There's no way to fix that relationship. There's no way to overcome that problem. And there's no way to change that circumstance, but God wants you to know he can make a way where it looks like there's no way. He's the God who can make a way in the wilderness. And God says to someone today, I'm gonna deliver you from your dead end. Don't get discouraged because the dead end is just the place that I bring you to so I can work my greatest miracles. You're at a place to experience a miracle. It's in the wilderness of no way that I make a way. So don't give up right before the miracle. Don't give up at the dead end. The miracle is just around the bend. You think you're at a dead end, but God says it's not the end. It's just the beginning. I'm already making a way in the wilderness for you. Not only will I deliver you, God says, but I'm gonna change the desert you're in into a place of blessing, a place of healing, a place of hope. Because God can bring his river of life right into the empty and barren places in your life. God can bring his river of healing right into the broken and desolate places in your life. God can make a way in the wilderness of no way in your life right now. I'm so glad that God makes a way in the wilderness. Look at Isaiah 43, 19 again. Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. What a great promise of God. You may not see what God is doing in your life right now. You may think God has forgotten you, but I want you to know God is making a way right now. God is already making a way for you in the wilderness. But if you wanna experience this river of life that Jesus Christ offers us, then you have to run to where the river is. You see, when you come to a dead end, that's when God is about to send his river of life to bring you back to life again. God wants to take you out of the desert of death and send his river of life to bring your hope back to life, your joy back to life, your purpose back to life. He brings you to dead end so you'll get to desperation, so you can experience his deliverance, and he wants to bring his river of life to you, and he wants to do it today. But I have to say something so important. We have a part to play in this. We have a part to play in this river of life. It's Jesus Christ, the river of life. He's the only one through his Holy Spirit who can flood your soul with his purpose and peace and fill your emptiness, but I have to say, if you wanna experience the river of life, you gotta to run to where the river runs. And we said last week in the desert, there are these wadis, these riverbeds, that whenever it rains, that's where the river runs. 
That's where the river always runs. And so if you're not close to where the river runs or you don't build your cistern to where the river runs, then you're gonna miss the downpour of God's blessing. You're gonna miss the river of life. You've gotta run to where the river runs. And I'll tell you where the river runs. The river of life runs through relationships. You were made for relationship. You were made for a relationship with God. You were made for relationships with Christ followers who aren't, don't have it all together, but they're going the right direction so they can encourage you and lift. You were made for relationships and so many people wonder why they feel burnt out and empty and unfulfilled and that's because they're living in the desert of busyness which leads to the desert of death because they're not doing the one thing they were made for. You're made for relationships and if you wanna experience the river of life, you gotta run to where the river runs. Many times we think we're too busy. We got too many important things to do. And we don't do the one thing that God made us for, relationship. The one thing that really fills our soul. The one thing that keeps your soul from atrophy. The one thing that nourishes your soul is the one thing you think you're too busy for. And you wonder why you're in a desert of death and your soul is drying up. It's because you're missing out on the river of life. When you run to the river of life, you experience life, and it runs through relationships. I've been with so many people at the end of the life, and that's the regrets people have. It's always about relationships. It's never about anything else. Not about awards, activities, achievements, finances. It's always about relationships. People tell me, oh, if I would've just really lived for God more and had a closer relationship with God. You know, I, I just wish that I would've spent more time connecting with my family, but I was always busy. I wish I would have really spent more time with some friends and Christ followers. You know, that's the regrets, people. It's always, always, always about relationships. That's because we were made for relationships. And sometimes we don't see it until the end and we get this clarity where we finally see what we were made for. It's a little too late. And so I just really challenge you, run to where the river is, and the river runs through relationships. If you wanna experience the river of life, get in a life group. You need to connect to a life group. That's where the river of life runs, through life groups. You know, we're not a church with life groups, we're a church of life groups. That's what it's all about at Woodland Church. We come here on the weekends for the big worship service, but yet we connect in life groups, in small groups, where you're with people the same ages and stages and people that live in your neighborhood that, that really encourage you, that laugh with you, that cry with you, that are there for you in good times and bad times. That's where the river of life runs and that's why you're missing out. A part of God's will for your life, if you just come to church, it's so important to gather and worship. God says don't neglect that because your soul gets filled there, but then if you're not in a life group doing life with some other folks, it's called fellowship, then you're not gonna be totally fulfilled. That's where you live it out. That's where you bring your mistakes and the good things you're doing, you talk about it, you encourage each other. That's what it's all about, and we have a great opportunity this fall for everyone 
to get in a life group. We want everyone in our church to get in a life group as we're starting on September 17th and 18th, something we're calling the Joy Challenge. We're gonna live 30 days choosing joy each day and it's gonna change the rest of our lives. And it's gonna be for five weekends, starting September 17th and 18th. And I'll be teaching about it on the weekend and then we'll take it more in depth one night a week in your life group. And all the life groups are gonna go through this. Every life group is gonna go through this joy challenge, one night a week for five weeks. And so we want everyone to be in a life group. And if you're in a life group right now, I just challenge you to step out of your life group for five weeks and to host a life group so we can get all the new people into life groups. I just challenge you to step out and host for five weeks. That's what we're really asking you to do. We need you to do that just for five weeks, at least a few of you in each life group to step out and be a host. And we'll train you, we'll give you all that you need. And, and let me say this, if you're not in a life group, maybe you're new to the church or you've been around for a long time but you've never connected to a life group, the best way to get in a life group is to host a life group. That's the best way. And I just really challenge you, get in a life group by hosting a life group during our five-week joy challenge. It'll take you to a whole new level, and you'll build some friendships that'll make all the difference in your life, and it's just for five weeks. So how do you host a life group? Well, you open up your home one night a week for five weeks. Or after the first one, you can say, let's rotate homes. And then you have a few refreshments out. You invite two or three friends or neighbors Think about two or three people you like to hang out with. You invite them to your home, and then we'll send you some more folks that live in your area or going through your age or stage of life. We'll send you some more folks, and then you'll have this little group, and you don't teach it. All you have to do is just put the video on that we're gonna give you. You just download the video. It's 10-minute teaching from Chris and I, and then we have these questions we give you, and you discuss, you know, have some fun together, eat together, about an hour and a half, and that's it. One night a week for five weeks. And I just challenge all of you who aren't in a life group to host a life group for five weeks. And if you don't like the people that are coming in five weeks, then you can quit, okay? Or you can just say, hey, uh, we're meeting at, and just make up an address and send them all over there. Or maybe somebody you don't like, send them their address the next week. But it's okay, you know, it's just five weeks, but I'm telling you, uh, you're gonna build some relationships that are gonna make all the difference in your life. I challenge you to host a life group. If you're gonna run to where the river of life is, then you have gotta run to the river of relationship and connection and community. And the way you run to relationship is you have gotta step out in faith and do something new. You can't expect new blessings when you're doing the same old things that drive your soul. You gotta step out in faith and do something new that you've never done before. Let's look again at Isaiah 43, 18. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. God says, if you wanna experience the river of life and blessings, then you gotta step out and do something new to join me in the new thing I'm doing, something you've never done before. You cannot expect new blessings and keep doing the same old things that bring emptiness in your life. I know God's calling hundreds of you to step out in faith and do something you've never done before, host 
a life group and you're going, I'm not really qualified. You don't have to be. Do you have a house? You're qualified. Do you have an apartment? You're qualified. I mean, you don't have to teach. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. All you have to do is invite a few friends and we'll send some more folks and one night a week for five weeks and it'll change your life. You need to do something new that you've never done before to join God, to run to the river of life, that river of relationships where the river of life runs. You know, Abraham lived in Ur of the Chaldees and that's modern day Iraq and God came to him and said, Abraham, I want you to leave your homeland and I want you to leave everything you're familiar with and I want you to go to a new land that I promise you, a promised land that you're gonna have all of these children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren that's gonna turn into a mighty nation. So I want you to go to this new promised land. And Abraham said, well, God, where is it? And God says, when you get there, I'll tell you. And you stop. Look at this passage in Hebrews 11:8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. He was going without knowing where he was going. He just obeyed God. And by the way, he had to go through the Negev Desert to get to Hebron where, he, where God said, okay, you can stop right here. To get to the promised land, we have to go through the desert. God said, Abraham, I'm gonna lead you to a new place of blessing, but you have to step out in faith to do something new that you've never done before. To follow me to a new place, to a new land. To step out and experience new blessings, and he did. He obeyed, and he was going without knowing. And God will call you to do that. He'll call you to step out, to do something new you've never done before, to break you out of your comfort zone so that you can find fulfillment, because naturally we just wanna stay in our comfort zone, and we keep doing the same things that we've always done. We don't forget the former things. We just stay stuck in the former things. When God wants to break us free and send his river of life our way, and the river of life is running right beside you because it's running in the desert of death that you're in, and but you've gotta move. God doesn't move to you. You have to move to God where he's moving, where the river is running, and step out and do something new you've never done before to obey God. And I know that God's calling hundreds of you to step out in faith and do something you've never done before that scares you a little bit, and that's host a life group. And so I just really encourage you right now, we wanna do something we did last week. I want you to take out your smartphone. Just take out your smartphone right now. And I'm gonna wait around until you do it. You do it all the time anyway. And you check on scores and news feeds and the stock. You check on everything, you know. And, and I see, don't think I don't see you. I see, I can see everything. I see you when you fall asleep. I see you when you're awake. I see you when you're naughty and when you're nice. I mean, I see you out there, okay? And I know who you are. Take out your smartphone right now. I'm going to wait. I'm serious about this. I'm going to wait. And so what you do is go to wc.org, our website, or go to the app if you've got the app. And once you go to that, you're going to see this page. And it says, Host a Joy Challenge Life Group. And you click on that. You just click on that, Host a Joy Challenge Life Group, and put your name and, and information right there, email, the day of the week you wanna meet, the time you'd like to meet, um, and then you, you click type of group, and that comes up. 
couples, singles, men, women, special interests. You tell them the type of group. We have singles groups, men's groups, women's groups. We have a lot of couples groups. We have couples with no kids, you know, and we have couples with preschoolers, couples with children, couples with teenagers, empty nesters. And so this week, when you fill this out and you sign up, we're gonna call you and we're gonna ask you what type of group you put that, but we're gonna say what age, what stage, uh, what's your neighborhood? Can we send you some folks that are in your neighborhood and age and stage when we get started the week after September 17th and 18th? All you gotta do is just click on that, sign up, or you can go out here in the foyer. All of our life group teams are gonna be out there to answer questions to help you out, and we give you everything you need to do this. It's just really simple, but it's where the river of life runs. It runs through life groups. And so the first thing I have to do to experience the river of life is step out and do something new that I've never done before. Step out in faith to align myself with where the river runs. But the second thing is I have to place all my hope in God. I've gotta place all my hope in God. I've gotta go all in. I've gotta stop trusting in me and everything else and everyone else. And I've gotta place the little bit of faith and hope I have left totally on God. Abraham and Sarah did that. God was their only hope. They placed all their hope in God and and they had a son, Isaac. And Abraham became the father really of two great nations, the Jewish nation, the Arab nation. God fulfilled his promise. And in Romans 4, 17, it says, this happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. Did you get that? Even when there was no reason to hope, Abraham kept hoping. He placed his hope in the God who brings dead things back to life. He placed his hope in the God who makes new things out of nothing. He placed his hope in the God who brings rivers of life in the desert to bring it back to life again. And maybe on the outside, it looks right now like there's no hope in your situation. It looks hopeless. I don't know. I I know some of you feel like you're in a hopeless situation in the desert of life. And maybe it looks like the river of life is nowhere in sight and there's no reason to hope. What do you do? You do what Abraham did. You keep on hoping anyway. You choose to keep on hoping anyway. When all your hope is dried up, you just keep hoping anyway. You have the audacity to keep on believing to keep on trusting, to keep on digging that cistern, knowing that the downpour is on its way. The river of life is getting ready to spring up in your life and change your desert into an oasis. You just keep on hoping in the God who brings dead things back to life. You keep hoping in the God who makes new things out of nothing. That's the river of life, Jesus Christ. I really believe today that God is here to heal at our campuses. For all those of you online, we've been praying this week. All of our pastors have been praying. We've been praying. We meet every day from 1 to 1.30, and we just pray for you. And we really feel like this week that God put on our hearts to pray for healing, healing of broken hearts, healing of damaged emotions, healing of broken relationships, healing the broken and desolate places in our souls, healing 
physical bodies because God is still in the healing business. And he wants to bring a river of life that brings a place of healing in your life. So I don't know what you're going through right now, but God just really put it on my heart that he's here to heal this week. This weekend, he wants to bring healing in your life. And all he wants for you to do is just take a little bit of ordinary and perfect faith and put all your hope in him, go all in with him. I want us to stand together because I wanna pray for healing, for God's river of life and river of healing to flow into your life and change the desert you're in into a place of blessing, a place of hope, a place of healing. That ultimate healing is in heaven. And we know that every one of us who get healed physically will eventually die. But the good news is, when you're a Christ follower, when you're a believer, you get to go to heaven, the ultimate healing, where every tear will be dried. No more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. The perfect place of fulfillment. And you know what? There's a river of life, the Bible says, that runs through heaven. And the river of life that brings fulfillment, provision, and joy is Jesus Christ, the light of heaven. And if you've never received Christ, this is your day. You know, I said at the beginning that we belong to him, that we're a child of God, but not everyone is a child of God. God loves everyone, God created everyone, but he gives us the choice whether or not we wanna be adopted into his family. Have you ever chosen to let God adopt you into his family? Have you ever received Jesus Christ into your life, the river of life, admitted you're broken and need forgiveness of your sins and received him into your life? Then you become a child of God and you let him adopt you into his family. So first I wanna pray for all of you who've never received Christ, the river of life. I know he's just gonna change your life. That's the ultimate healing is spiritual healing. Just pray this prayer after me silently to God. Dear Jesus Christ, I admit you're the river of life. I admit, Lord, that I've sinned and I have these broken places in my life. Bring your river of life to live inside me. I ask you to forgive me and save me, and I accept your free gift of heaven one day. And Lord, I pray that you would help me follow you from now on. And then, Lord, I just want to pray right now for every one of us who needs healing. And if while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you would just say, Carrie, I need healing in some area of my life. I need healing in my family. I need healing in my body. I need healing to overcome this worry. I need healing right now in some way. Would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand up. Something happens when we admit that we need it, that we need God's way when we're in the wilderness of no way. That's great. You can just lower your hand. I wanna pray for you. Dear God, I just pray for everyone who raised their hand in our services, everyone worshiping online, maybe those who didn't really have the courage to raise their hand, but they're in the wilderness of no way. I pray that you'd bring your healing rivers, your river of life. You'd bring your river of healing to heal damaged emotions. You would heal broken hearts. You would heal marriages and families. You would heal bodies. You would heal minds. Lord, bring your healing through this place and to everyone 
in our services, Lord, because you know where we need to be healed. And we pray this in Jesus' name, the river of life, amen. I want us, Woodland Church, to sing, and I want us to expect the downpour to come. I want us to thank the Lord who heals, who's too good to not believe, and maybe right now you don't see what God is up to. Just believe anyway. Just believe, just trust. You may have your doubts. You can bring them to God, but you believe this week, and you expect. Abraham kept expecting God to come through. He kept expecting that downpour of blessing to come. He kept expecting that river of life and that river of healing. You expect this week for God to bring a river of healing in your life. He'll bring a river of healing right in the middle of the waiting times of life to give you the strength to make it another day. Sometimes it's healing one day at a time. Sometimes it's healing instantly. A miracle, we've seen it so many times. And sometimes it's that delayed healing. It's a process of healing over time. And eventually it's ultimate healing, that place in heaven where the river of life flows. But let's sing to the Lord. Would you sing it in faith and just expect the healing, the river of healing to come your way? Let's sing. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.